Yeah, I mean, we just let it rip because yeah. I just started recording. Sounds good. <laughs> we don't, That's right. There's no like pre preset. Why, why plan ahead? Uh, there's no preset deal with this. We just let it go. That's right. And I think that's the best way to do it. So, Dr. Bowers, it's good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Busy fall. It's yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize how much the the boys would make my life busier. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it was like what happened. Yeah, there are three. It's <laughs> kind of manageable, and then yeah, they became a lot. Are they sleeping? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> uh, Joseph does sleep um, basically through the night. Joshua has to snuggle with mommy and daddy, though. Okay. And that's just kind of the way he rolls. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. It's fast. I, so I, we just took my daughter to college back in August, and so I miss those days. As tiring as those days were, you, you miss it. What's crazy is I hear people say that, and mm-hmm. I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. Like, I don't believe you at all. Maybe I miss the good parts of those days. Maybe that's fair. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> I do. Like, I do remember though people saying how fast it goes, mm-hmm. how fast it goes, and I never believed them. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, no, it does go really fast. It does mm-hmm. go really quickly. So because it is interesting, people say that, and I look at them with this look of, "You're lying to me." <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife the other day, I was like, I'm ready for a grandchild. And she thought she was so mad. And I was like, yeah, no, like I miss the baby, but I don't want the baby. Like, I don't want the baby for good. I just want to have that around. It's not going to come home with me. Yeah, no, I can can give it back. So, Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, and then, you know, our season was just, geez, uh, injuries, turnovers, just inexplicable stuff. Yeah. That you just don't prepare for. Never expected. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that happen in a game. Oh, well what happened? I know, we we would see it. We'd show up for cross country and it just every week it felt like somebody else was hurt. I just felt felt bad for you guys. It's just a lot of unpredictable stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's just there's a I guess it was a purgative season. Just trying to learn, like what, like that, man. That was a that was an interesting one to say the least. Uh, but I mean, you have those, right? You have yeah. seasons you think are better, like for y'all at cross country. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we like, were in oh, the same boat. Yep. The season I think it's going to be this, and it didn't live up to what I thought it would be. But then I think back in my career, there were seasons we were better than I thought we would be. Yeah. And yeah. It's just it all evens out. Yeah. Because it's just the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can't you can't predict it, and and the kids learn as much through that as mm-hmm. as they do in the wind. Yeah, and I think we have just a good group of kids. I think when you know, I talk to them and we hang out in the weight room and they're lifting and stuff, it's it's a good group of young men, and that's what you're looking to yeah to build. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. a really good thing. So I love the fact our our talks are not scripted. We don't script these. No. <laughs> she can tell. She can we, tell. We just go. We just go with it, man. And I think those are the those are the podcasts that I enjoy listening to. The ones that you mm-hmm. there's an agenda. You go, oh, okay. This is yep. like a news broadcast. Staged questions or whatever. Yeah, I, I like the free flowing. I have a friend. Uh, he and I do every once in a while. We'll do a podcast and we just we don't talk about anything before we call each other. And it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. What kind of recording devices do you all use? Um, we have a, it's a blue microphone, mm-hmm. but it's, um, I'm not sure what the model is. I started, I started the podcast three or four years ago, just as kind of a creative outlet mm-hmm. and it, it's been really good, but he's a friend. We met 
believe it or not, in Lamaze class with oh, our wives. Wow. So okay. we've we've been around each other for a long time. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, what's the podcast called? It's called Better Stories. Better Stories. So yeah, the whole the whole thing came out of a I just felt like I had a lot of friends that were living lives that were more intentional, you know, just mm-hmm. purposeful. We're not just doing the conventional things. And some of it's just super ordinary people. Mm-hmm. You know, most of it is just people who are just saying, we, we just want to have more purpose, more intentionality. And mm-hmm. so just trying to tell those stories. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How long yeah. have you been, how long have you been podcasting? Ooh, 2017. Wow. I think, okay. I think it's been a, a minute. Okay. I know I'm always impressed with your consistency. I'm sure the boys have changed it, but but it does seem yeah. very much more consistent than than what I've been able to do. I just I've read some some somewhere, probably one of those emails you get. You know, you subscribe yeah. to stuff, yeah. to stuff you want to read. It basically said, "Don't worry about the content. If it's the best thing ever you ever produced, just do it. Mm. And if you just keep doing it, yeah, then you'll." create something that you you're proud of that's that you, awesome that you want to keep doing i think where this is episode 312 wow so it's 2017 18 19 20 21 22 23 seven years give wow. or take. that's awesome um it's either seven or eight i can't remember i can't not remember if it was 2016 or 2017 i started the podcast it's been that long okay <laughs> so wow. i don't remember wow what what it has been in it I, I used to have a blog site okay and uh, they got some decent traction, huh. but then I thought it's way easier to talk than it's a type. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's culturally where people have gone. I mean, I was mm-hmm. I was a blogger in the mm-hmm. late two thousands, and you know, same thing, just yeah. time, but also it's easier to to converse with people, more engaging. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I got probably more like reads and blog stuff. Like I was on social media back then. But mm-hmm. how many people are actually reading the whole thing and right. you know, all that stuff? I don't, you know, right. I don't know. This gets clicked on. Does that count? I'm not. I'm not sure exactly how how all that goes. But so your sermon series you're doing, I'm interested. I just want to know. Like, just want to know where we what's are. What's going on? Where you're at? Because I saw your <laughs> sign yesterday. Okay. Your new sign. As oh, you, as you were driving by. Driving by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. We have been in a series, and I started it about six weeks ago, and we called it Have Some Fun for God's Sake. Ooh, I like that. Um, and have the whole some idea, fun for God's sake. Okay. Yeah, the whole idea has been centering around. I, I just felt like I was seeing a lot of people who you mm. ask them how they are, and it's kind of like exhausted, tired. Eh, Life sucks. You know, just, yeah, just a lot of blandness. <laughs> Jeez. And it, it kind of made me mad. Like, I was kind of oh, like, yeah, there's like, just so nuts. much good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just in my own kind of devotional practices, I felt like I was reading scripture after scripture of mm. celebration and feast and mm-hmm. joy and party. And, like, mm. we miss that, I think, culturally. I think culturally we miss mm. the spectrum of emotions, right? We try to negate our emotions. So if we feel bad, numb it, right? Medicate right. it, whatever. If we feel good, like, it's not going to last long. We kind of have that woe is me thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's... You know, part of being created in God's image is this emotion, you know, mm-hmm. this emotion of joy and laughter and sorrow and grief. And mm-hmm. so that's that's what this series has been about is uh, inviting people into lives that are more playful, more imaginative, more mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. Um, you know, hosting 
hosting people because that's where just like this, just like this podcast, it, mm-hmm. it's it's joyful, right? Mm-hmm. I look yeah. forward to getting together and right. having these conversations. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we've been and where we're talking through things. Yeah. So give us a scripture with that. Some scripture verses here. Yeah. So we started with um, we started in Genesis and we started with the garden, mm-hmm. right? That. Mm-hmm. Genesis, and for me, I always go back to Genesis 1 and 2. There's always this, it feels like everything we preach and teach about can go back to the creation story. Mm-hmm. Um, the rhythm of creation, that first day, it was evening, it was morning the first day, evening, morning, second day, evening, morning, the third day. There's this rhythm to that poetry. Mm-hmm. And everything in that creation story is about God forming and filling, right? Mm-hmm. That in the right. beginning, it says the earth was formless and void, so it had no form, it was empty. But everything he creates, so he creates the earth, he fills it with animals. He forms the sky, he fills it with birds. He forms the sea, he fills it with fish. Um, and at the end of those six days of creation, what's fascinating is you get to the seventh day and it says there was evening and it was the seventh day. And, mm. and there's no close. There's no evening and morning the seventh day. It's just the evening and that seventh day, that Sabbath, mm-hmm. that invitation to rest kind of goes on mm. for forever for humans it's that invitation to play mm-hmm. in the garden right to, to celebrate um, and, and I think you know a lot of us the lives we live kind of functionally today is I just got to get to the night so I can rest like I'm working my tail off mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worn out I go to practice I get home mm-hmm. kids still need more mm-hmm. and I'm just collapsing into bed mm-hmm instead of the Jewish understanding was the day started in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. You rested first so you could enjoy the rest of the day. Right. And it's like a, it's like a flip side. So we've, we've talked about that. We went into, um, we talked about Jesus in the water turning to wine. Mm-hmm. The very first miracle he does is to keep a party going, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool, pretty mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, and it's funny to watch people struggle with it. And then where I went yesterday is I talked about uh, the quiet, practices of joy Mm -hmm. you know that everything doesn't have to be a big party that that for Mm -hmm. some of us it's the quiet moments of just Mm -hmm. gratitude we're in thanksgiving week right just practicing gratitude as a spiritual discipline and what those things look like so Mm -hmm. it's been good it's been been a um just a fun conversation and it's one of those sermon series that for me it's it's made me more intentional about how i how i lean into Mm -hmm. to my own life Mm -hmm. so so i'm gonna ask a question creation story literal or poetry? Oh, <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, what I think it's not, I don't think it's a science textbook. And I uh, think we've, okay. you know, 1950s on, we wanted to turn mm-hmm. Genesis 1, well, you could say 1 and 2, 1 through 4, into a biology textbook, and I absolutely don't think it's that. Right. Genesis 1 is a beautiful, amazing Hebraic poem. Mm-hmm. Genesis 2 and 3 is more the narrative mm-hmm. of that story. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's an origin story for the Israelite people. I mm-hmm. think it's it's an identity-forming story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read theologians who say that even that question of what is the nature of this story scientifically actually diminishes the purpose of the story because the story is meant to form our identity. Mm-hmm. It's meant to form, you know, and move us forward. So I've had, you know, I've done a lot of youth ministry and teenagers. Oh, what, what is this? And what did God do in the seven days? Could he have done it through evolution? Could he have done it through, and I'm like, he could do whatever he wants. Right. And it doesn't matter to me. Like mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a good, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I think back through my schooling, 
because I went to Christian school. I mean, I have mm. a lot of great memories being in Christian school. But that was one of the things that I believed until I did it, that this is a literal account. Because yeah. when you, I would read people like Tim Keller, God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically saying that this is not meant to be a biology textbook, right? right. This is not meant to be a science textbook. Mm-hmm. This is scripture. There's more to this than mm-hmm. day one, day two, whatever. And uh, that freed me up. Yeah. Because I'm a science. I was a science teacher before I became a principal, uh, and I would always read the data and go, ah, "How does this yeah. work?" Yeah. And uh, you know, I worked at a place that I was told we were going to teach six to eight creation. And I was okay. That's fine. But then mm. the more you dive into that data, the more you realize. I mean, I love Ken Ham. He's doing some good work, but right. Man, come on! Really like, hard to back this up. This is hard to back up. This is hard to to yep. make it to make it happen. And I feel like sometimes, you know, especially kids that grow up in a Christian home, Christian background, yeah, they go into college and get met with this information that contradicts yes the fundamentalism. Sometimes people start to get lost off the path a little yeah. bit because well, yeah. this doesn't make sense. You know, my professors tell me this. And he seems to be correct. Right. He's not. He's just showing me data. Yep. Um, and this is like on a tangent, obviously, because that's not what you're preaching about. <laughs> but it's no, just yeah. something that. Yeah. We had so I had a, a seminary professor who discussed our frameworks of theology in that in a similar mm-hmm. regard, where he would say most of us were raised with this pyramid pyramid framework mm-hmm. of if you take out the bottom block of a six day literal creation, then your pyramid's really <sighs> fragile, it and so kids crumbles. go to college and they get into a biology class and they go what do I do with this and he was trying to reframe it with the metaphor of a spider web and the idea Mm -hmm. that the strength of the spider web is that it's decentralized Mm -hmm. right and and that you can pick at a thread like you can Mm -hmm. actually pick at it and Mm -hmm. deconstruct it or look at it or consider it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't destroy the whole thing Mm -hmm. Um, and for whatever reason I think that's that's a really American mindset especially Protestant church is Mm -hmm. almost like we have to defend God and I don't know that God has ever needed us to defend him. I think he's good. Yeah, I think he's okay. <laughs> it's like, I think he's good. Yeah, I think he's good. It's like we used to argue on the playgrounds whose dad was tougher. Right. Like, our dads didn't need that. Yeah, no. But it was part of our response. Yeah. You know? Yes. So. Yes. Um, I read somewhere, there's a Catholic, there's a Pope, Catholic Pope. There's only, there's, there's the Pope. There's not a Catholic Pope. Come on, Zach. Like, <laughs> but... The Pope, one of the popes said that basically in the Bible, until after the story of Noah, that can be read as poetry. Like how much mm. that is actually literal yeah. is a is up for debate. Right. Like this church right. is not gonna say you need to even the story of Noah, like you need to interpret that literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but like you were saying though, a lot of the beauty in the story gets lost and we we wanna make that a biology right history book. Instead right. of what's what's the story trying to tell me? Yeah, here about and, and I think it us. does tie into some of the sermon series that we're doing, where mm. you know the idea of joy is centered on living good stories, mm-hmm. right? That when you enjoy your family the most, when you're most playful with your kids, or mm-hmm. able to laugh the freest that you can with your with your friends, mm-hmm. 
you're in the midst of a story. You're not arguing about beliefs. Right. You're not defending doctrine. Mm -hmm. You're living life. You're fully living life. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I think that's a powerful way of looking at that. Mm -hmm. Another story I've been reading, uh, I've been reading the Book of Mormon. Ah. Officer Linger, who's, whose office is next toward mine, yeah. is, uh, is LDS, uh, later, Latter-day Saint. Yep. And uh, that's a good read. Mm. I mean, obviously, if you're LDS, you that's sure. you believe it. It's your, you know, it's a companion to the Bible, yeah. basically. But uh, yeah, man, it talks about Jesus and his superiority, and mm -hmm. about people who got on a boat and came from Israel to America. Like, man, I can see why that is popular. Yeah, why it's and compelling. Why it's compelling. Yeah, because yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. If they get lost in the weeds of. Where did this take place? Where, right. You know, that kind of stuff. It's right. just, this is a beautiful story that's going to inspire yeah. me to mm -hmm. yeah. live a good life. Yeah, and I think I think that even helps us connect with people better, whether I agree with that theology. Mm -hmm. When I understand their story, mm -hmm. that I'm not assuming the worst about them. You know, or I'm not. Yes. And that ties across every right. cultural spectrum, political, historical, relational, mm -hmm. racial, like all those things. Mm -hmm. When we root it in the stories of other people, we can connect a little bit better. There's this YouTube channel called Hello Saints. And the pastor reminds me of you. Okay. Uh, I think you would like it if you yeah, checked check it, it out. out. I'll check and, it out. And uh, what, what his phrase is basically combat criticism with curiosity. Mm. So he's an evangelical pastor. Yeah. That is reading through the Book of Mormon, and he is going to different Mormon. Like he's going to, they don't, they don't like to be called Mormons. Uh, LDS Latter Day Saint, like church service, going to their conference. Okay. Like talking on podcasts and huh. YouTube stuff. Yeah. Because uh, you know, life is far more interesting when it's not us, like me, like us versus them. Yeah. Or me versus you. Yeah. That I just let's just try to understand each other. Yeah. Connect where you. Yeah. Connect with where connect. you're coming from. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because I yep. imagine people come to your church, they're not looking for you to tell them how to live. Well, I guess it is. a <laughs> you, you are trying to help them live a better life, but if you just get set up at the front of the service and you were like, you need to do this, 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 yeah. that wouldn't yeah. go over very well. Yeah, I think, um, so it's interesting, even in, in the evangelical world where so many churches are in decline today, mm -hmm. often it's because congregants are are coming to a church and, and it's part of the political culture we're in the theological culture we just want to know we agree with that person or they agree with us uh -huh. and so do you fit my boxes mm -hmm. and if you don't or if you say anything that causes me to question that i'm out like i'll go right. i'm done right right Your versus the wrong color yeah versus versus the <laughs> nature of what the church is really intended to be ecclesially which is a mm -hmm. community around tables sharing a meal, right? Mm -hmm. Catholic Church has held on to that really powerfully. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the essence of our spirituality. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a table, not a pulpit, right? And right. that's that's really the heart of, of what this looks like. But the table requires... It's hard for me to be ticked off at somebody when we're sharing good tacos, right? right. Like, Oh, for sure. It's easy yeah. for me to sit in a chair and criticize you. But if we're sharing life right. and food, like, there's there's something different there. There's right. no connection. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the more we find things in common, the better off it is. Yeah. You know, because everybody, in our own group, right? So for me, Catholic, we're all, we're good. We got to, mm -hmm. you know, but like them, they don't have it. <laughs> and then, but if you stepped into their life, they would think the same about 
my belief yeah. system. Yeah. And I think as Christians, as a body of believers, I think we when we get away from that and it's, hey, let's just learn about each other. Yeah. And take the good that, yeah. that I find in my tradition. Yeah, and I think you see it organizationally in every every spectrum, right? Like mm-hmm. you work in a school, there's always a collective they, right? It's mm-hmm. we're us and mm-hmm. they, whoever they are, right. they don't get it. They, fun, they don't understand story. it, you know, and, uh, and I've started asking people like, who, who is they? Right. That's why I asked students, who who's they? they? Who's right. them? Right. Yeah. <laughs> to dismantle those things really means that, that we have to connect. We have to start mm-hmm. to see each other, you know? Yeah. We have to see each other and, you know, for yourself, new church building, mm-hmm. right? New sign. The a sign called high yesterday. <laughs> Talk about kind of the, like you're, you move to a new spot, I'm sure that brings some energy. Then that energy wanes some because it becomes normal, yeah. so to speak. You yeah. Know, how do you manage? Yeah, I um, I think one of the the tensions of of being a pastor, probably just leadership in general, is is energy. It's always, mm-hmm. what do we do with momentum? I mean, as a coach, I'm sure you get that, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we, we got into a new building. There's a lot of curiosity. There's a lot of people who want to know what it's like. How did you how did you renovate? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that space that we're in now, it's an old small country church. Mm-hmm. We're just big enough that we can't fit everybody in the parking lot with one service. So we've mm-hmm. moved to two services. That felt good. Felt like, oh, we're growing. Look at us mm-hmm. go. Um, you go to two services and you've got maybe 10 people in the first service, there's your energy getting sucked because it's hard to, to figure that out. So one of the tensions I've, I've wrestled with, continue to wrestle with, is this call to love the people that you're with mm-hmm. you know, and not be looking for the people that aren't there. And, and I think mm-hmm. you could say that as a football coach, right? Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta coach the kids that are on the team. I can't be wishing the other kids would show up. Mm-hmm. Or somebody played for me for a year, then they quit. Like, mm-hmm. that's not my calling. My calling is the people that are in the room mm-hmm. or around the table, you know, whoever that is. Um, and, and when I think, when I'm brought back to that in healthy ways, it helps me manage that energy a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's, Eugene Peterson calls it a, a long, slow obedience in the same direction, mm-hmm. right? That you just stay faithful over mm-hmm. years. You mm-hmm. stay faithful to those students over four mm-hmm. or five years or whatever, whatever time you get with them, mm-hmm. So, which mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah, I worked for a guy, uh, and he was really a wise, wise person. And he was talking, he wasn't even talking to me. I heard him talking to a group of people. I was in the same area. He was saying how he had hoped that he was in a high position at the school we were at. He had hoped that he would have this more glamorous mm. position, right? That he would have gotten a different job as more glamorous. Right. And he was reading the Bible and the Lord was speaking to him and he said, life is really all about just plodding along. Like you mm. said, love the long, slow obedience thing. Yeah. Like, let's just keep, we know yeah. this is right. This is what we're called to do. This is what, yeah. and I just keep doing it. Yeah. And, the result isn't what's important. It's just, am I obedient? I was listening to a guy this week talk about that on another podcast, and he said he felt like we had a whole generation of of people our age and younger who've been raised in a version of Christianity that has convinced us if you're not radically changing the world, mm. you're missing it. And his whole point was mm. just show up. Mm. Like, just show up. Like, go to church every Sunday. Show up for your kids every day. Show up for your wife every day. 
that's the faithfulness. That's the part where you change the world. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, social media, pop culture, all those things, mm-hmm. it's got to be glamorous. It's got to be big, got to be shiny. Um, mm-hmm. And that creates a struggle for us. It know? needs to be right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like right now. We yep. got to change it right now. It's got to be instant. It's got to be beautiful. And Yep. No, no, I don't think that's the way that yeah. <laughs> it's not the way that works. Yeah. Uh, and in, in reality, it took, you know, it took me 11 years. It was really until this year that I felt like I had some real signs in our community that, that trust has been built mm-hmm. from me as a pastor with the broader community. Just mm-hmm. a few relationships that have emerged that I'm like, man, this took 11 years. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing radical about it. It was mm-hmm. just like a small conversation that was like, oh, they they trust what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. that's, that's a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... You never know when it's going to come either. No. It's not like no. I'm working and I I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm, yeah. It's usually just I'm just keep going. Yep. <laughs> just keep yep. going. Don't yep. stop. <laughs> Finding Nemo, right? Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah, I feel like as a as a coach and as a as an educator, the games or the seasons that. I didn't know, we, we never know how it's going to go, but the mm-hmm. ones that you really have the most questions about are the ones that are usually the most fulfilling because, yeah. oh, okay, like we did all this, this work, this strategy, and it worked as best as it could yeah. have. Yeah. Because uh, there's limitations to all. Right. I think one of the most damaging phrases people tell kids is you can be anything you want. Yeah. People, I think that is damaging. Like, I really think that's damaging because you can do anything you want. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I wanted to be Michael Jordan. Right. I, no. I no. wanted to dunk a basketball in right. five foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think, I think that's a, that's a, yeah. That is such a damaging phrase because mm. I think it's good to give people hope, but not, yeah. that, that's more entitlement. Yeah. Like if you just work hard, you can be the best. Right. Mm. Not really. Not how that works. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not how that works at all. Yeah. And, and that's so what I do at the college, the career services piece, I'm always talking to students about passion and practicality. Mm-hmm. The, the tension of, mm-hmm. yes, go go pursue an academic major that you're passionate about. Like, go find something that's going to bring you life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But also, be really practical. Like, understand when you graduate, mm-hmm. you have to pay bills. You have to eat mm-hmm. food. You have to live indoors. So you have if you want to be an amazing food. artist, that's great. But if it doesn't pay your bills, you're going to have to find a day job. Right? And that's right. that's the reality. You know? Yeah. I love doing podcasts. It doesn't pay any of my bills. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't do yep. any of that for me. Uh, so what – I'll ask you a question. What's, what's the dream job for you right now? Or the dream – I guess it maybe even if it's not a job, what's the thing that you would give your energy to if you could? Oh, I, I Emily, Emily, my wife, she listens to a lot of my podcasts. She knows this. I want to be a, a principal at Catholic school and have mm-hmm. a ball coach. That is my 100%. Money was no object. Money here's, was no object. Yeah, I yep. want to be a, a principal, not the head principal, except yeah. God bless our head principal here, Mr. <laughs> West. I couldn't do that mess. But like an assistant principal, a head football coach at the Catholic school. Yeah. And that's no slight against. Right, McCann Upshur, right. being a principal and coach here, like I, I like, I love, I, not, not, not like I love doing this work. Yeah, but like if, like, my reason for being for me, you know, it's the Catholic Church, you know, Christian Christianity, right. that 
could meld with the professional, yeah, that would be it. That's that overlap. Yeah, yeah. that's that overlap. Yeah. Um, what about you? What you're doing, or what's, what's um, the vision? Yeah, I I think so. There's a couple things I keep wrestling with. One is, and I tell people this, like I used to think you had to have one dream job. Now I think it's seasonal. Like every five years, I'm kind of assessing oh, what's sure. what's the dream thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a piece that I would love to develop some higher ed leadership programs, whether mm-hmm. it's a master's in leadership or, and then you know, very just small scale coaching young leaders. Right, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever field, whatever industry, if it's ministry, if it's, you know, education, whatever that looks like, just spending time with with young leaders who are hungry for more. I, mm-hmm. I would like to spend more and more of my time with people who want to get better, who want to grow, more, and, and I think that's a struggle yeah. in our culture. I think a lot of our mm-hmm. education systems, our organizational systems, are set up to try to convince people to care. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can compel people to care. I'm look something up. Yeah. Nick Saban, uh, high achiever. There we go. What does he say? Mediocre people don't like... Here we go. So Nick Saban, mediocre people don't like high achievers, and high achievers don't like mediocre people. Yeah. And I, I, and I think you can be both, both of those, right, yeah. in yeah. certain areas of our lives. But... Stuff I, I'm okay to be mediocre with, like my, like fixing stuff in my house, right? With right. a home professional like somebody <laughs> who does that for a living, we're never going to see that the same. Yes, like ever. Yes, I don't care how much you talk to me about it. I'm not going to see it the same as you. Right. And somebody once that this is another phrase, another phrase that bothers me. How you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. That bothers me because that's not true. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you going to be excellent at everything you do? Right. Are you going to brush your teeth perfectly right. in the morning? Are you going to comb your hair perfectly? Are you going to trim your beard? Like, no. No. Like, no. You can't, no. and you shouldn't. There's yep. different levels of excellence for things we're looking for. Yep. Right? And yep. it bothers me, and people are like, oh, have you do anything? So I used to do everything. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, think about how much time in your world and my world is given to... And I don't mean this in a negative way, but the lowest functioning people, right? How much of our time? How much of our time is consumed? But we know data proves you you pour into the top functioning, you change everything. You give your time Mm -hmm. to the highest function, or even maybe not even the highest functioning, the most Mm -hmm. hungry people, Mm -hmm. the most open to learning people, and you change cultures, Mm -hmm. like and so all of our training our curriculum all of our Mm -hmm. stuff now is given to Mm -hmm. let's take the bottom and make it a little bit better Mm -hmm. instead of taking the top and making it great and Mm -hmm. letting the top make the rest better Mm -hmm. right and that's that's just a that's a piece that i'd love to shift (laughs) so yeah i mean i think most of my day is spent focusing on 10 percent of our students my alphabet because they have a need there's something that they have either done in the classroom they have to help with discipline or you know, trying to help their their scores so they graduate. Right. And I think we really, where public education fell off the rails was when we started putting so much emphasis on graduation rate. Yes. Instead yes. of, I don't know, pick any other, almost any other measure. Yeah. Uh, you know, how well you understand the standards. You mm-hmm. know, uh, how how many kids get into college. You know, yeah. or how many kids go to a trade, but. When we focus yeah. just on graduation rate, right, what you end up doing is just your your paper pusher. Yeah. It's hey, let's get this kid to graduate. Yeah. Well, 
we're devaluing our diploma so that we to, feel good about it right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's everywhere yeah because oh. there's money tied to it so therefore yeah. we better make sure yeah. yeah that we get the funding we need yeah we're, for that. we're scared a little bit scared to keep the quality high you know and I and I see that in church world where mm. discipleship was costly like there were yeah. you know the, the strategies I was trained in were grow your church grow your church grow your church is a really evangelical mm-hmm. way of thinking mm-hmm. um, and you see that like in Jesus you see that he's doing miracles he's hosting parties he's right. and the crowds grow but you also see him offering really hard teaching mm-hmm. where it says people leave <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever taught me that strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's where you raise the cost. Here's where you mm-hmm. intensify the workouts, mm-hmm. um, make it really hard for people that they want to quit. And that's that's a that's a piece that matters. It's like John 6. Yeah, so John 6. Eat, is, eat this, my flesh, eat my drink flesh, my blood. Drink my blood. People are, uh, They say, this is hard. That's the hard <laughs> so, teaching. He's like, yeah, you're right. And he didn't go, oh, well, let me soften it. Let me slow right. down a little bit. Like, right. And that's a, that's a piece that I think we've lost. That's definitely... I go up to take the Eucharist on Sunday during Mass. So I take it on my knees, man, and put in on the tongue because that is yeah. like body, yeah. body, blood, soul, and divinity of our of our Lord. And the reward we know, like you know it from athletics. I know it from running. You do hard things. There's great joy in that. When you overcome, oh, yeah. when you achieve, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm better. Like let's let's go now. I can do whatever. Yeah, easy stuff's like cotton candy. Yeah. It tastes good, yeah. but there's no fulfillment in that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's why having children, ch- children are really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it is so fulfilling because it is that hard. Yes, yes. And one of my buddies, Elliot Cherry, who's a, who's a pastor, who was actually on the Dadsville podcast. Uh, I grew up with Elliot basically my whole life growing up. And uh, he had a, I don't have social media, my mom showed me the picture and it was him and his kids, he has five kids, and him and his wife. And it was the verse that basically, it talks about having children's like having a full quiver of arrows, mm. like it's a blessing, it's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. And some of that is lost in our society today as well. Children yeah. are bad, children are an inconvenience. Right. Uh, right. But how could you ever think your child's an inconvenience? Yeah. <laughs> and I was talking to Coach Stacy about this at lunch the other day. That's one of those group of people I will never understand. Right. Like, how do you yeah. think of your kids negatively? Mm-hmm. And how do you leave your kids? Like, how do you not raise your children? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I know I need to pray for those people because that is a, there's something, there's something evil there. Yeah. That is, there is something yeah. wrong. Yeah, I agree. My, my wife was always amazing at this. She's a teacher. And every summer we would hear people. I can't wait till the kids go back to school and life's going to get so mm-hmm. easier. And she just grieved it. She, like yeah. every summer it was like she would go into a funk because the kids had to go back to school because she so mm-hmm. cherished that time. Mm-hmm. And we've said, like I've said for a long time, every year with our kids has different challenges, mm-hmm. but every year is more fun. Like oh, yeah. every year is more fun mm-hmm. because that relationship goes deeper. That relationship develops more. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Pastor, you're awesome. So are you, man. Yeah, I always, I always enjoy this. <laughs> I do too. I, I think too. Thank we should you. just do this for a living and just be like, hey, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just start your Catholic school. We'll get. We're gonna need to like live in the sponsors same house for this. Yeah, because we, have, <laughs> I couldn't pay my mortgage at all, or buy food, or pay for gas or anything, anything of that nature. No, you guys are a joy though, and I, I appreciate all you're doing here at the school and through the county. We're working. We're working, and uh, <laughs> we're going to go to Aldi today. You ever been to Aldi? I love Aldi. Oh man. <laughs> 
going to be a good time. <laughs> and their strollers are big enough where we're going to push the boys in the stroller. Yeah. You take What's your strategy for the packages, though? Do you take boxes of your own? Do you take bags? We used to have bags and boxes. I don't know what we've done with those. We may, we may be buying bags and stealing and stealing boxes from if all you, the... If you find their, their, their boxes that are almost empty, just move a couple that's, cans and you grab the boxes. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. And stack them up in the back. <laughs> and just, yeah, have the whole gang in there doing, doing things. That's right. 